Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of Job Quest, where we get the inside scoop on what jobs are really like. I'm your host Luca, and this week we'll be interviewing Chantelle Bouchel, a professional psychologist at the American Psychological Association. Do psychologists really tell you to lie down on the couch? Let's begin our quest. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm excited. So what is your job and can you describe it to a kid? Yes, sure. Well, I'm a clinical psychologist and uh, psychologists in general are just uh, focused on how people think. No, not psychic, psychologist. Uh, They research how people think, how they feel, how they behave, how they act. And we want to know, we want to understand how this impacts themselves, like the person, but also how it impacts the relationships that they have with other people. Uh, many psychologists are, are research-based. Um, I'm more of a clinical psychologist, meaning that I work more in a thera- therapeutic type of setting, um, working with people who have a wide range of illnesses and different conditions and disorders. Can you yeah. describe an average day in your job? What does that sure. look like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, psychologists work in a variety of settings. Um, so they can be in private practice where you're seeing individual clients or maybe couples. You can work in community centers, um, let's see, schools, prisons, businesses even. But my last job was uh, at a hospital. And so it was working with veterans and I was at the veterans, um, uh, the VA, the Veteran Affairs um, Department. Um, and it was a hospital medical center, but it was outpatient. So meaning that people wouldn't, weren't in the hospital, they would come every day though for, for sort of mental health services. So my day would start with checking my email just to see if there was anything that came up overnight that I needed to address right away. And then we had a daily morning meeting where it was a sort of interdisciplinary staff meeting, which was very interesting because you had a mixture of people there. You had like psychiatric nurse practitioners, you had social workers, case managers, and other psychologists, um, as well as peer supports, people who weren't necessarily mentally health trained, but mm. were there to help their peers. And so we would all kind of talk about different cases every morning and hearing different perspectives was really interesting. Um, and then I would do some group therapies and that would be about an hour each of group therapy, uh, different themes, maybe grief and loss would be a theme, maybe skills training would be another theme. And then I would end the morning with a consultation meeting, which is, um, where I would meet individually one-on-one with, um, a veterans, maybe doctor, medical doctor, and hear maybe some of the issues that they were having medically and how that affected their mental health. Uh, or maybe a caseworker to understand how their housing was going and how that would affect their mental health. And then after lunch, we would do uh, supervision. So I would be supervised. And a lot of psychologists, no matter how long you've been in practice, uh, tend to have supervision or consultation where you talk with another psychologist about how you're doing and how you're feeling, because it can take a toll. Um, and then I would also deliver supervision, give supervision to, um, to maybe trainees, psychology trainees. Uh, and then we would end the afternoon with maybe an individual session that I would have one-on-one with a client, that or maybe one other group session, and then notes, which is my least favorite part of the day where you have to write all the notes, and that would be very time-consuming, um, but you know, you need to document everything. So we would do that and then maybe plan for the next next day's groups. A, a lot of people don't like notes that much. Yeah. Like, I don't really like writing notes. Yeah, I don't like it. But once I have it down, I don't know if you feel the same way. It's like, I'm glad I did it. You know, it's helpful mm-hmm. to look back. Yeah. How much school and training did it take to get this job? 
Well, once you have your uh, bachelor's degree, it's probably another six or seven years of um, additional university experience on top of that. And you're taking academic classes, but you're also doing practicum experiences where you're working in, um, in psychology, doing therapy at maybe different clinics and kind of choose maybe a specialty. I worked with eating disorders, but I also worked with serious mental illnesses, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, things like that. So that was what I was interested in. And then after that, you um, do an internship, which is kind of like a residency program. So you're done your academics, but now you're working sort of full-time, again, training, um, and maybe a little bit more specialized if you're interested in that. Uh, I worked at a university setting with college students for my internship. And then you do your dissertation or doctoral paper, in my case, um, and then you graduate. But then you're not done <laughs> because most uh, psychologists go on to do a postdoc, which is a postdoctoral um, job where you're getting hours to become a licensed psychologist. And when you become a licensed psychologist, where, where I'm at now, um, you can then open your own private practice. So how many years is that total? So mine was seven years. And like I said, mm -hmm. I'm sort of still at the licensure phase. So I can work anywhere uh, under other people. Uh, with other people. But if I wanted to have my own uh, practice, you have to be licensed. So that full process is about maybe eight years. Wow. So you still <laughs> another year. I know. I know. I'm hoping <laughs> to get licensed in the next couple of months though, but yes. How do you treat something you can't see? Like you oh. can see a broken, broken bone through like an x-ray, but how do you see something different like sadness? That is a great question. That is a great question, Luca. Um, you know, I would say that psychologists have to be really good listeners, right? So listening skills are like one of the main skills of being a psychologist. And so you're listening for like keywords or phrases um, that your client is, is saying, different emotions they could be saying, feelings, attitudes, or maybe even a lack of that. Maybe you don't hear any of that stuff. You're looking for patterns, you're listening also for their um, past experiences, their present experiences, what their quality of life is now. So you're sort of being attuned to that to kind of get some clues into what's going on for this person who's sitting in front of you, right? Because they're needing help. Mm -hmm. um, we have a, a manual called the DSM. DSM. Which stands for Diagnostical and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And that helps us sort of identify common symptomatology, right? Um, everyone is unique, but there are some common symptoms that you sort of start to recognize. And um, some symptoms of sadness and depression, for instance, manifest physically, somatically. So you might hear a client talk about, oh my gosh, my changes in my sleep or changes in my appetite or my energy is just different. You know, um, I, I can't focus anymore and I don't really feel that great about myself. The things that are going through my head are not very nice that I say to myself. That could clue you into like, oh, I wonder if they're feeling some sadness and depression that's going on right now. I can't see it, but I can hear it from what they're saying. So once you sort of identified that, you can then decide what your plan is for that unique person, right? What is their treatment plan going to look like? But yeah, it's difficult, difficult at times. So I heard you say that you're a psychologist, right? Yes. And then I've also heard some people talk about psychiatrists. What's the difference between those two? Another great question. So back in the day, psychiatrists would do um, therapy as well as uh, medication. So they would give you psychiatric medication, right? Uh, nowadays, what's happening is that there's more of a focus on medication for psychiatrists. So um, they treat mental health illnesses basically from a medical perspective of um, how can they change the functioning in the brain through medicine. Uh, 
psychologists uh, don't do that as or don't do that at all really with medicine. We are more about uh, talk-based therapy, right? So talking things through, understanding what tools and strategies um, a person can be given to help them cope. So not so much the medic the medication. So what are the best parts of your job? Yeah, the best parts of my job, I would say, um, is when I'm there present for a client, when they have an aha moment, right? That's sort of like, ah, like I can see something like happen in their face and they, they even say it. It's when, you know, a client feels that they've just discovered something, something that they have put together for themselves. It's a really a special moment, right? Where it's like, I figured this out. There's a path through my distress, and um, it's just really a, a, an honor, and it's humbling to be there, and it's one of my my best parts of my job. You touched on one of them earlier, but what are the other worst parts of your job? Maybe the the, the notes is one of them. Yeah, the notes is definitely one of them. I hate that, but um, you know, I think in general, the worst part of my job is that you know we take home sometimes things, and it's not like. Taking home is like the emotional part of things. It's not like you're a teacher, let's say, and you're taking home papers to grade and something physical mm -hmm. you can do. It's time consuming, but we take home sometimes some of our clients' dilemmas, some of their distress, and that can be heavy sometimes, you know, like you can really sort of feel a little bit of burden ourselves in terms of how many things that we're thinking about for our clients. We want to make things better. And so I think that that could be difficult. And so that's why it's really important for psychologists to have their own self-care routines, right? Ways you can kind of de-stress and take care of yourself when you leave the office. And so for me, it's exercise. Um, I like to paddleboard and dance and I surf. So just kind of getting out of my head and back into my body has been really extremely helpful for me. Whenever I go to sports, I always feel so much better afterward. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They definitely help. Mm -hmm. So how many hours a day are you on a screen? Oh, oh boy, a lot. <laughs> um, since COVID, you could probably relate to this with school and things like that. But since COVID, um, everything has sort of become online. And so even telehealth. And so a lot of the therapy that we do now um, is online. And I think it's good to a certain extent because it's open to access. More people can can actually do it, right? It's where some people couldn't get to like the place that they needed to go. Yeah. But then we also have sometimes these huge groups, like 40 people I've had once in a therapy group, which is really hard to manage. Um, but people need to, to stick and be more consistent with, um, therapy online. So it's many, many hours of that. And then many hours of online notes. <laughs> so it's a lot. How many hours do you think that adds up during COVID times? I would say, I mean, you're at least 10 hours probably. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot because all yeah. of the therapy sessions, all of the meetings, and then a couple hours of notes after. But I would think it's worth it because you're helping people. Yeah, thanks. I think so. I mean, I think people seem to really enjoy being a, the ease of the telehealth, right? Like you can mm -hmm. just sort of roll out of bed or just, you know, kind of get to it easily. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to stick around. I think it will. So earlier you said that you, um, you get to travel around a lot because you're still in another year of training, but, uh -huh. um, how many countries have you lived in and which were your favorite? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so currently I'm in Barbados and just loving that experience. Um, so that's one of my favorites, you know, cause I, I, um, have never lived here, even though I've had extended family here. 
But from the time I was a kid and as an adult, I've lived in nine different countries. Um, oh. I visited many more than that, but yeah, nine different countries. And so Barbados is one of my favorites, but I would say Zambia and Southern Africa um, was another favorite. We were in the capital. We lived in the capital, Lusaka. And then France was probably uh, maybe my favorite favorite. Um, we lived in Paris and I went to high school there. So I just remember my high school years oh. being pretty cool in France. <laughs> must have yeah. had to spend a lot of time learning the language though. Yeah, you're right. You know, I'd lived in some French speaking countries before, so I had a base. Okay. But um, even though my school was the American school of Paris, we had like a requirement for like almost like a, a dual language program there. And so I did French and then a lot of my friends were French speaking. So you're right. It was definitely a challenge. Yeah, that's so school. cool. I, I know two languages and I want to learn more. So it's always nice. learning languages is fun, but time consuming. Now we're on to the final question. So what is your favorite joke? Oh boy, my favorite joke. All right. Well, I've been told my jokes are really cheesy <laughs> and corny, but this is a psychology joke and it might be cheesy and corny, but psychology joke. Um, a guy is going to his first day of therapy and he goes up to the psychologist, meets a psychologist and says, you know, doctor, oh man, you really have to help me. I think I'm a dog. <laughs> And the psychologist says, all right, well, let's start with you lying down on my couch. And the patient says, oh, I can't do that. I'm not allowed on the furniture. <laughs> oh, because he's a dog. <laughs> they were corny. I warned you. I warned you. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks for listening to this episode with Chantel, and we'll see you next time.